Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's the second hour of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you in New York City. Oilers Now, brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Don't spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Your all-in-one convenient location is digitex.ca. Hugh Porter, big Oilers fan. He's stoked right now about the situation with the hockey club being 4-0. He's with Digitex, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Uh, we'll head off to our River Cree Resort Casino hotline three times in this hour. Mark Spector is just on a train right now making his way back from practice into New York City. So about one fifteen with spec for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta, who present live standard bed racing every Friday night and Saturday afternoon at Century Mile. Uh, we will also uh, hear from longtime Rangers television analyst, former Oiler Joe Micheletti, Eskimo analyst Dave Campbell will join us in the second hour of the show as well. We'll tell you that uh, you can text us at 630-630 on our Oilers Now text line, and we're going to get to some texts momentarily. Should mention, hey, ever since uh, Brent Ridge Ford from Wetaskiwin came aboard on Oilers Now, the Oilers are undefeated in regular season play. Coincidence or circumstance? Uh, they're far too modest to ever suggest they had anything to do with it. But what they will do is prove to you why cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin, small town atmosphere, very personable business. It's an eight time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. They're not pushy. They greet you when you come in, and then if you do start talking about the possibility of purchasing a vehicle, they're not sitting there hammering you once you get into financing, if you know what I mean. So give them a call, 1-877-477-3673, or visit them at brentridge.com. Milt's there, Johnny's there, Rich is there, the whole gang, they'll take care of you at Brent Ridge Ford. We'll say also a guest on the show receive certificates to Japanese Village Steak and Seafood cooked right at your table. It's one of Louis DeBrus' favorite spots. Visit their Edmonton South Downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park location. Again, you can text us at 630-630. This text comes in out of Grand Prairie, Alberta. Uh, Bob, James Neal had his best year with Jenny Malcolm with the Penguins. Who plays the most like Malcolm? Leon Dreisaitl. I really think that Neil and Dreisaitl, says the texter, would be a better fit than Nuge and Neil. Maybe add Archibald for speed and defense. Nuge is obviously having a hard go five-on-five and does not look good. 
He'd be great with Haas and a Nygaard faster line forechecking guy. Nuge is a good cycle player. McDavid and Cassian are great together. They'll get points without dry cycle. Well, the orders are four and zero. I don't know if you overthink it. I I hear what you're saying about McDay uh, about dry being somewhat similar to uh, Malcolm in approach. Okay, that's a, a fair thing. Uh, I think Nugent Hopkins has actually played pretty well the first two games of this road trip. Again, you can text us at 6.30, 6.30. In fact, he might have been the best skater on the ice last night for Edmonton. Uh, ironic out of Red Deer, Albert. I love Red Deer. Uh, ironic that uh, Toronto-based uh, media personalities are accusing the Oilers fan base of planning the parade route without a, without a what a concept self-recognition is. Look in the mirror, fellas. Again, you can text us. Lennox says, Bob, James Neal and Mike Smith will be nothing short of great for the Oilers this season. Mark my words. So far, so, oh, you know what? Lennox, I can go back to your text because we have that in our text message system. It's true. You did text me on September the 10th and say this. Uh, he said that Smith and Neal were going to be excellent for the Oilers this season. Rob from Drayton Valley says, uh, looks like Keith Gretzky traded away the right goaltender. Remember, it was Keith Gretzky that uh, moved Cam Talbot to Philadelphia. That was basically done uh, as a salary dump move to a certain degree because the Oilers also needed to make room at that time to get Andre Sekera back, and the ship had probably sailed um, uh, for... Cam Talbot to be uh, a contract extension moving forward. There, I know there was discussions in the fall when Talbot got off to a good start when the orders were 8-4-1, and one, and those sort of dissipated during the course of the year. Uh, again, you can text us at 630-630. Holy man crush on the Sharks, Bob. Not surprised, though, considering I've been able to watch 146 playoff games for the past 13 years, and you 13 says our San Jose Sharks man. Also, the Sharks have played Vegas twice, Nashville on the road, and Anaheim on the second of the back-to-back. Hardly the competition the Oilers have played so far. The Oilers have beaten the following. L.A., 30th last year. New Jersey, 29th. Uh, the Canucks, 23rd. And the Islanders, 5th. They're, you know what? For the texter, that's an entirely fair text. My only concern with San Jose is, did they screw with a core piece when they did not, you know, you tell me as a Sharks fan, text me back. Should they have prioritized signing Joe Pavelski over Evander Kane? Okay. Text us at 6.30, 6.30. I think most of you would think that the Sharks should have signed Pavelski before they signed Kane, for what it's worth. Here we go. You can text us at 6.30, 6.30. But at this time, uh, we're going to actually go down a different path. We're going to do our Oilers Now Injury Report, brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, former Edmonton Eskimo All-Star Safety, 1993 Great Cup winner, one of the greatest athletes U of A ever had. His father, Jim Brown, former Edmonton Oil King. I think the grandfather, if I'm not mistaken, I, I thought the grandfather was in the Olympics as well back in the day. So very athletic family, but uh, they can take care of you when it comes to, uh, you know, car accidents and those sort of things. And with our daily injury report, again, sponsored by James H. Brown 
injury lawyers. Here's Brandon Escott. Thanks, Bob. Well, the Golden Knights and goaltender Malcolm Subban, he tweaked something in his lower body, left the game. Their uh, most recent game is status now questionable for tomorrow night's showdown against Calgary. Same can be said for Cody Eakin, who is on the Golden Knights injured reserve with an upper body injury. As if the Penguins aren't decimated enough, Adam Johnson left their last game early questionable for tomorrow night against Minnesota. And I haven't provided an update on Roman Polak, who uh, most of you, I think, would have seen that scary incident leaving the ice on the stretcher after going awkwardly headfirst into the boards. It is a fractured sternum there. He is on the injured reserve indefinitely. Nothing to report on the Rangers. They've been lucky to start the year in that department. And the Oilers, right now, it still looks like Josh Archibald, Alex Chase on questionable to return with flu-like symptoms. All right, again, they were uh, online today. Sheehan was with Kayra and Archibald. Haas was with Granlin and Chase on. Uh, Leon Drysettle took a maintenance day. Nygaard was up in that spot with McDavid and Cassian, and Yurcho was with RNH and James Neal. Uh, the voice from the past, AKA the Chisler. Bob, jam packed text line today. Loved the Sinatra classic to open the show. Uh, well, we got spec there on the other line. Just know that you got his key up right now, Brendan, because I can hear everything that you're saying. The text goes on to say, Bob, uh, rule 37.3, definitely not for the analytics lovers, just saying. Uh, the real deal is going to continue down the path, and uh, the Chisler says, Bob, the owners need to leave the two big boys together. I'm not being pragmatic, but you talked about Sinatra being a teen heartthrob. Were you not a teen heartthrob back in 1986-87? Just a thought, don't be embarrassed. Out. Uh, no, Steve, I was not a teen heartthrob. Mark Spector, on the other hand, yeah, he wasn't either. And we'll hear from him when we come back in orders now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. It is 117 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with the Oilers in New York City. Edmonton's finished their practice out at the Prudential Center. And all of the talented media types have taken the train back in, including Mark Spector, who joins us every Friday for Horse Racing Alberta. Live racing tonight and Sundays out at Century Mile at Standards at this time. Spec, how are you? Doing great, Bobby. Just walking out of Penn Station here in uh, New York City, looking at Madison Square Gardens, where they're playing tomorrow, my friend, and it should be fun. Hey, Spec, do you still have your wallet? I do, you know, and I keep putting my hand on it, because that's one crowded subway station. It'd be a good place to be a pickpocket, I'll tell you that. Well, I was just saying, you could bring that over to the hotel, and we could go for a couple pops after the show. How does that sound? (laughs) All right. Uh, Look, you wrote a piece last night. We've been talking about it all throughout the first hour and 15 minutes of the show today. Is there something different going on with the Edmonton Oilers right now, in your opinion, Mark? Well, yeah. I mean, we've seen a team that's, well, there's only three teams in history that have come from behind uh, as much as they have in the first four games of the season. I saw that tweet by the NHL. And, you know, we're seeing a team like the Oilers team we've watched for the last few years, Bob, they didn't have patience. And why didn't they have patience, right? Because they didn't have that much confidence and, and as much belief. You know, the older teams and the Oilers, they got behind a goal and they start taking all these crazy chances to get that goal back right away. And most often they'd give up the next goal. 2-1 became 3-1. And I think we've watched this team. They fell behind four times against L.A., three times against Jersey. And they don't do a bunch of crazy stuff and take a bunch of wild chances, you know. And 
nor should they. They got enough firepower that they can get the next goal. And I think there's really a belief here that, you know, if that to do what you do and falling behind is not a big deal here. And they're showing they got some resilience, don't you think? Well, uh, no question. I mean, one of the things that they're better at, Mark, is they're way better at penalty killing, you know? And I think that's a factor because it doesn't put them out of games. Maybe when they're down by a goal and they take a penalty, they're not giving up that next one that puts them down by two and then they're really chasing. You know what I'm saying? Oh, win the special teams, win the game, you know? And, and I think the Oilers' power play, again, with the talent they have on their first unit, which is about a a buck 30 unit. This isn't a two unit team, really. You know, yeah, they have a second unit, but the top unit plays almost all the power play. So they're going to get the power play goals, but the, what's going to tip the scales for this club and has for the last decade, Bob, killing the penalty. Like they got to kill penalties that we're already seeing. If you kill penalties, the power play's doing its part. And all of a sudden, instead of losing the special teams battle, you win it. And that's, you know, that's how they won the game. The last two games, they won the games, and they won the special teams battles, and I'm not sure that those don't have a lot to do with each other. Well, they got a guy right now that's in that front presence that's on fire. I mean, he's got seven goals. He's leading the league in goals. He's leading the league in power play goals with five. And given the fact that he came in a deal from Calgary for Milan Lucic, uh, well, it makes for a lot of narratives out there, doesn't it, Spec? <laughs> everyone's talking about it. If you got a friend in Calgary or a buddy that's a Flames fan or, you know, and I got both, uh, the texts are going back and forth, right? And it's a a neat story that we've never really had. Like, you know, who was the first guy to get traded from Edmonton to Calgary? Steve Steos. Well, you know, Steve Steos wasn't going to cause this kind of, you know, rivalry to erupt, right? He wasn't scoring seven goals. Uh, you know, this Lucic-Neal trade is, is throwing some juice back to Battle of Alberta. I'm only sorry, Bob, they don't play till December 27th. I kind of wish they played next week, don't you? Oh, uh, I would, yeah. But, uh, I mean, I want both teams, I want the teams to play in the playoffs. And Calgary did their part last year. Edmonton wasn't close. Is Edmonton, they've gotten off to a good start, Mark. I mean, I had them 92, 93 points, something like that. I didn't have McDavid. Like, McDavid's got 10 points in four games. I think I had Connor at 101, and everybody was freaking out, thinking that I had inside knowledge on his injury status. I just thought goal scoring was going to go down around the league as a whole. Uh, But, so tell me this. I mean, I still think this team has a lot of room to grow, Mark. Like, I do think they'll get some production from their bottom six, and it might happen, you know, they've, they've got 34 goals out of the lineup. Like, Chase on had 22 goals last year, Archibald had 12, and they haven't had those guys for three games. So, you know, if you're talking different players maybe getting scoring chances around the net, and the Kara-Russell line with Shane have had opportunities, maybe you're getting some of that much-needed third- and fourth-line scoring production. So do you agree or disagree that there's there could be more room for growth here with this team? Well, listen, the bottom six has to produce more than it did last year because it was non-existent. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins gets, I know Neil's got a lot of his goals in power play, but he's got a proper top six winger on his right side now. You know, it's a good place to start. He didn't have that for a lot of last year. And I think one of the mistakes that everybody made, Bob, is that we all sort of thought, you know, if they're going to get their goals against down and they're going to get some more support scoring, it probably has to come at the expense of Dreisaitl and McDavid's production. You know, like you said, their numbers are, you know, might go down a bit. And I'll tell you what we're seeing. I mean, Connor's McDavid's still Connor McDavid. He's got eight points. But what I'm seeing here 
um, is Leon Dreisaitl. He has really gone from, you know, he's become one of the best players on the Oilers, obviously, but now he's becoming one of the best players in the league. Like, he's becoming, he has just become an unbelievable player here. Uh, what are they? The two of them are in the top four scoring in the league. And this isn't Connor, Carey, and Dreisaitl. There's been a couple games here where Dreisaitl has been better than McDavid. So that's a big factor. Dreisaitl, to me, has taken a step here. He is, He's the Messier to Gretzky. He's the Malkin to Crosby. He's a really, really good player right now, and everyone's starting to figure that out. Well, it's funny, right? Because after Matthews had five goals in the first four games for the Leafs, you know, we were, at, we were seeing tweets come out. He's he's right there with McDavid, and I'm like, I don't even, all due respect to Austin Matthews, who for me is a top 20 player and very well could end up winning the Rocket Richard Trophy. He's got six goals on the season, uh, but he's played six games. So he's played a couple more games than everybody else. Uh, there are some other guys in that equation as well. I want to talk about a guy who played 24 minutes last night in regulation because he was not out in overtime. Ethan Bear. I mean, I know you tweeted last night that play he made on that middle zone breakout to set up a tremendous five-way passing play for the opening goal that Edmonton scored. This, this to me, has been the biggest surprise. Like, you know, I thought maybe it could work with the goaltenders. I knew Tippett would put in structure and process in the team's game. I knew they were going to bring their young guys along slowly. I didn't think Ethan Bear would be this good. And he's, like, you know, and there's going to be some tough moments from him at some point. But when you're playing 24 minutes in regulation, you played under 23 games in the NHL, you're doing something right. No, that's, that's fair. And he's, you know, I think... Uh, Good teams have this happen to them. A guy comes out of their farm system. We all thought it was going to be Caleb Jones. It turns out to be Ethan Bear. And remember, Caleb Jones is still there, and I don't think he's a bad player. So he's he's a third-year pro, and he's ready to take this step. You know, he's not the, the surprise guys that are really surviving well. Like, Pearson never played the NHL game. He looks just fine. Uh, Haas never played the NHL game. I didn't think he'd be here after camp. He looks just fine. Uh, Nygaard, you know, he's got good speed. I was talking to Wayne Gretzky this morning. He loved the way he's playing. So uh, Kenny Holland hit on all those guys. But Ethan bears the product of, of how it's supposed to work. You take a kid, he goes to minors for a couple of years, he gets the odd taste, and he takes a chance to grow. They're not all going to grow like he did. But when you have a good team, these guys emerge. And you know what? It's a good sign for the Oilers farm system, Bob, that they absolutely develop this player. And uh, now the reward is, you know, like you got Bouchard coming. You got Sam Rukov coming. You got Broberg coming. You got Baird just showed up. Uh, all mobile, puck moving, puck shooting, you know, good skating players. I don't mind the looks of, you know, what's going to be here in a couple of years, Bob. It's pretty promising. Yeah, I know. It is promising on the defense. Mark, how about this in 2015? Caleb Jones, fourth-round pick. He's still a good prospect for the Oilers. Yeah. Ethan Bear in the NHL. And in the NHL with Pittsburgh, John Marino, a six-round pick. He's up with the Penguins right now. Wouldn't sign with Edmonton. But, uh, you know, they made some decent depth picks there. All right. Uh, the Rangers up next. We're going to have Joe Micheletti's spec on in about seven minutes' time. Just give me a quick rip. It should be an exciting game. Two high-scoring teams. Well, and I don't think we really have a – I don't have a clue what we're going to get out of the Rangers. 
you know, Zibanejad went, what did he have, one and three and then three and one. He's got eight points in two games. Uh, but they haven't played in a week. So whatever good start they had, I'm sorry, it doesn't, that week off kills you. If you had a bad start, that week off would kill it too. So I don't know what we get out of the Rangers. The schedule maker has them playing one game in 11 days, and then they follow that up with five and eight, Bob. So, you know, I like what the Rangers are doing. I, Panarin's a fabulous good player. Zibanejad's maybe taking a step here. Uh, they, You know, I can't wait to see Capo Caco play. Uh, you know, they their rebuild has been in. You know, I like what, what Jeff Gordon's doing there for sure. He's, making, he's doing it quicker than he needs to. But... In terms of the small one-day window of tomorrow, what are we going to get out of the New York Rangers? They just had an extended training camp, man. I don't know how they're going to play. And the Oilers better play better than they did in Jersey last night, or we probably won't see 5-0. Is that fair to say? Uh, fair comment. And I know this, Mark. Last year's game, which was also a Saturday matinee, stunk. Both yeah. games were awful. <laughs> the Oilers found a way to win the hockey game. 2-1. I'm going to guess we're going to have a way better game tomorrow. So there you have it. Hey, Mark, thanks for joining us. And I think the cops are just about to arrest you there. So uh, we'll have to talk to Jeff Robillard at Horse Race in Alberta and see if we can get you a get-out-of-jail card for New York City's finest, okay? All right. Thanks, Bobby. Hey, bring the credit card. <laughs> That's Mark Spector, Stoffer Inspector, brought to you by the horses and Horse Race in Alberta again. Live standard bread racing Friday nights and Sunday afternoons at Century Mile. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back, Jolt and Joe Micheletti on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.